fact that you exist mathematically is so close to zero, it might as well be zero. In essence, you should not be here. You wow. should not be alive. Welcome to episode 36 of the Encouragers United podcast. He's an educator, an innovator, a blogger, an author, a YouTuber, and an encourager. Eric Kurtz serves 35 school districts here in Stark County, Ohio, and many more all over the United States with innovative and creative technology resources. A former middle school educator himself, he's made a career of helping teachers all over the country take the tools that they have in their hands right now to use them in new and exciting, engaging ways. In the aftermath of the COVID-19 pandemic, Eric and I speak about the sweeping changes that have happened in education and technology. He maintains a blog, a YouTube channel, and a hefty speaking and online teaching career, but his most recent project is a book called Control-Alt-Achieve. But Eric is far more than just a nerdy tech support person. He brings a deep love for people and a mature transparency to his work with everyone he meets. Rooted in his diverse life experience and extremely high intellect, he communicates a vulnerable sincerity and a depth behind his use of technology. He realizes the value of a human life, even to the point of calculating the mathematical probability that you and I exist. He's a true gem and a great friend, and I hope you enjoy our conversation here on the Encouragers United Podcast. That's while we're hurting, while we're going through all this, we need to intentionally surround ourselves by things that are healthy and positive. Mr. Eric Kurtz, welcome to the show, Eric. Hey, it's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. Eric and I go back uh, probably until I think the late 90s. Uh, we attended a church together. We served side by side. You were a wonderful friend and teacher to many at that church. And I just have such fond memories of your creativity and your, it's back in the days when you were a, a middle school teacher, I believe. Yes. And yes. <laughs> that is, uh, it seems like a lifetime ago, but Eric, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and uh, you are in education in, yes. in many ways, but uh, tell us a little bit of your journey so far. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm heading into my 29th year um, in, in public education. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, um, I have been working for um, the schools here in the Stark County area uh, my whole career. Uh, started off at uh, North Canton Middle School as a middle school math teacher. Did that for seven years, loved it, uh, but also loved technology. And so I was the guy you'd go to if your printer was broken or I'd do trainings after school for the teachers. And it led to the opportunity to uh, pivot into a role as a tech integration specialist, like a tech coach. Uh, went from teaching the kids to teaching the teachers. And so yeah. I got a job at North Canton as a, as a tech coach person. And uh, I did that for 14 more years. So it's been a total of 21 years at North Canton and I uh, got to do a lot of amazing things with technology over that time. Um, and then most recently, the last uh, seven years heading into my eighth, um, I've been at the um, 
county office, the Stark County Educational Service Center, uh, doing the same job. So uh, as a tech coach, as a tech integration person, basically focusing on how can teachers use technology in creative ways with their students? How can students use technology? technology to create and collaborate and communicate and work together. Um, and so I do serve still North Canton, but I serve about 35 school districts now from that, from that position. Um, and that's my, that's my day job. And then on the side, I also do the same thing um, outside of the area, just through my own consulting. Right. I, I yeah. work with schools around the country um, doing, um, you know, uh, trainings, uh, sessions, keynotes, whatever, you know, they, they, they might need, uh, which of course looks a little different nowadays, uh, you know, with, with, with COVID and all compared to what it was before. But uh, yes, that is, uh, I, I do uh, have a, the, um, the, the, the side work that I do there and it all runs through um, uh, a tech, an ed tech blog that I run called Control Alt Achieve. And that's where I put all my stuff. And so yeah. uh, that kind of is the, uh, the, the focal point where all of that, all those resources come out through. So yeah, it's, so, yeah. it's awesome to, you know, in the last, especially 20 years to that you and I've known each other to kind of watch you evolve. And that's what you've just explained. You started as a teacher in the in the trench so to speak in the grind every day with young minds trying to figure out the best way to teach them and grow them and influence them and and really encourage them uh in all the ways of not just math but life and you know growing up in that critical age of their life and then you know like you said this attraction to technology back then you know the internet was just kind of starting and and you figured it out (laughs) and you were one of these early adopter guys I'm, i'm guessing Yep. That's how we knew you and, and have always known you as an innovator, as a creative person uh, with a lot of energy and enthusiasm uh, towards, you know, knowledge and growing, uh, deepening yourself and, and sharing that with others. And so as a result, now you have, you know, built this sphere of influence here, at least locally uh, with Stark County. But then as you've mentioned, uh, I've been following you on social media for years and watching you travel literally all over the country uh, <laughs> yep. as this bearded nerdy guy who stands up and says, hey, um, you know, tell us a little bit about your consulting work. When you face a room of, you know, however many back then it was perhaps at times thousands of teachers, what's your, what's your intent when you step forward in a, in a great setting like that to teach them something specific, but also what, what's the essence of Eric Kurtz when you're trying to encourage and teach? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you've got certainly folks that are, you know, nervous about technology, um, uh, especially now when we've got, you know, the COVID situation, some folks maybe who hadn't had to embrace it quite as much, it's been thrust upon them. And now it's like, I've got to do this. Well, that in one form or another always exists. When I stand in front of a group of people, there are folks out there that are intimidated by technology. They may not feel real comfortable with it, but there's also folks that love it and have been using it for a long time. And so you're trying to say, well, just like a class of you know math students, I've got folks all over the spectrum there as far as their ability, their experience, their interest, and so forth. And so what I always try to do, of course, is you know connect with people as an educator. Um, Yes. Because that's that's what I came from. Um, I you know yeah I spent the years in the classroom, and so I think the things I learned when I taught eighth grade math I try to apply to my 
work with adults. It's like yeah. uh, you you can't be boring with eighth graders. They'll yeah. let you know. <laughs> you 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 have to make it fun. You have to make it engaging. You have to connect with them. And so that was the trial by fire. I mean, you're trying to convince these you know these pubescent children that fractions are important. You know, and so you gotta you gotta be creative. And so right. don't leave those skills there. You know, and say, oh well, these are adults. Adults don't need that. Adults are grown up. They don't, no, 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 no. We need to connect with adults the same. And I've always tried to bring that to any time that I work with folks, um, whatever the whatever the situation might be. And so what it is for me is, of course, connecting with them as, as an educator, um, but then meeting them where they're at by showing them how the technology things I'm sharing can help them not make things more difficult, yes. not be, Hey guys, yes. here's one more thing you've got to put on top of No, 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 no. This is going to take the stuff already on your plate. It's organized. It's going to help make it smoother. It's going to help empower your students. It's going to help let the technology do the heavy lifting so you can do what you do best, which is connecting with the kids. Let yeah, the technology absolutely. do that other stuff. Um, and then, you know, at the same time, uh, I, if I had to just take all the stuff I do and boil it down, it really comes down to taking the tools we already have and using them in a creative way. So it's not like I'm coming in and saying, okay, I got a whole brand new program you got to learn. Yep. That's not it. I usually go, guys, you already use Docs, don't you? Or you use Google Slides, right? You've used this or that. Or whatever. I go, let's use that tool, but let's, let's, look, let's turn our head sideways and look at it from 90 degrees and say, you know what? Hey, a Google slideshow can also make stop motion animation, you know, and what, you know, a, a, a Google sheet can also be for pixel art and a Google drawing can also be for an interactive clickable poster. And, and it's like, let's take what we already use. I don't think, well, do something brand new. Just take what you've got and let's show you how we can be creative because educators do that. We, we take the things we, we come across and we find ways to use them in 10 other ways that were never intended. Yes, exactly. And so that's the bread and butter of it because a lot of schools don't have big budgets. They don't have money to work with. So I say, hey, G Suite is free. You got the Google tools. Let me show you how to use these tools in 50 different ways yeah. just by what you already have. And you're building off that comfort level and going, they're going, oh, wonderful, awesome. So that's yeah. what I try to do when, I when I'm working with a group that. of folks. And I will tell folks as they can, you know, we'll share your website and some resources later, but you have been absolutely prolific, my friend, in producing those ideas. And so, you know, where does that come from? You know, you, I mean, literally, yeah, like sure. you just said, he wasn't exaggerating folks when he says, I, you know, we've got 50 other ways that we could use these tools. Like literally there's probably more than 50 that you've produced. And so right. where does that come from? You know, you, you, <laughs> well, usually it is from need, you know, it's, it's the fact that um, I work with so many schools and, you know, questions will come, you know, is there a way to do this? Can I do that? Or we can't afford this program. And so a lot of times it is being spurred on by, you know, necessity is the mother of, of invention. You know, there's a need for the students to be able to do certain things. And I'm like, well, okay, how can we use what we've got, you know? And so it's, and also knowing that I'm trying to play within a certain sandbox. So I've got, okay, I've got the G suite. And so sometimes it also, so sometimes, yes, it's, it's a need. Somebody sends me an email, they ask, can this be done? And I'm like, Hmm, give me a moment. Let me think, you know, and then other times it really is just um, being in the tool and trying to stretch myself. And I've done that. I mean, I remember once I decided I wanted to do a series of 
creative ways to use docs. And I wanted to force myself to only use the menus that were in docs. I love extensions. I love add-ons. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. It has to be just the menus. Yeah. And so I figured out creative ways to use the highlighter tool for blackout poetry or text reduction strategy or emojis to help with writing that are in the special characters menu or how to use hyperlinks and, 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 and headings to make choose your own adventure stories. But it all had to be done <laughs> with what's built into docs, trying to say, how can we use the tools that are already there in creative ways? So it's, it's a combination of those, but I think it does come from that sort of a mindset, you know, when I was at North Canton, uh, the, 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 the Hoover company pulled out and uh, we lost a lot of our tax base, budgets you know, dried up. And so when I was there, that was very early, very early yeah. in my tech position, I suddenly have no budget to work with. And it's like, okay, how do we use what we've got? And I just think that's fueled me this entire Absolutely. time yeah. to think how can we use these tools in creative ways? Well, and, and two things come to my mind is that you, you actually share hope you know, because I think the the plight of the teacher today, you know, and, and I think it maybe it's cliche, but some of it's true. You know, it's a really hard job. Uh, it's there's more and more restraints and more and more expectations for probably less and less pay and less and less appreciation and, and respect and things like that. But yet you're coming in as a as a resource for these folks and you're inspiring them. That's just as I heard you explain it, I was inspired uh, with your creativity. And so I just really appreciate what you're doing, because and what I want to shift to now is that you've um, like you mentioned, you have a website called Control Alt Achieve not right. control alt delete right that's, that's right. that that's that function when we start over uh, a control alt achieve.com and that's a just a treasure trove i'll tell you of of just all kinds of neat things it's it's the blog where you know you're basically sharing you know a lot of these tools and contacts and all of that stuff um but you've written a book also, and That's you right. published it by that same title, Rebooting Your Classroom, Control All to Achieve. Tell us how the book came about. You probably just gathered your, your you, you moved from being a creator to being a curator, right? Yeah, I mean, it was something that at first I really didn't think about because I just think mostly of being in the digital world. And so, you know, I, I was just producing things through my blog. Um, but over time, I started realizing, well, not everybody consumes things the same way. So in addition to doing the blog posts, I started doing YouTube videos because some people prefer that. So in addition to that, I started doing a podcast because people like to listen to that. And so it was the same content. It wasn't I wasn't making things unique for each. I was saying, okay, let's take these ideas and let's just represent them as a video, as an audio, as a blog post, because different people reach it different ways. Well, book is one more extension of that. And at first I thought, really, you know, is that, you know, it's about using technology in creative way. Do you put that in a book that seems anti-technology, mm. but it's like, no, it's another whole you know, population of folks who really prefer a book. They want, yes. and I've had people yes. tell me that they say, oh, no, no, I want to hold something in my yep. hand. I want to, I want to have it because I can sit, I can read it. I can flip through it. I can grab it. I can underline things. And just for me, a book makes sense, you know, and I'm like, okay, sure. That that's awesome. And if it means reaching folks who wouldn't know otherwise, then that means reaching students yes. who wouldn't benefit. By that's it. right. So I we, said, okay. They, yeah. Let's they, do it. And I flipped through it. I, I haven't read it all, but I, I know that it's a great reference for teachers. And so that would be highly recommended. Right. Uh, we'll give you the links and all that. It, it's on Amazon and anywhere yeah. you, you know, 
uh, where, how do they say? Anywhere books are sold. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. um, but Eric Kurtz and, and Control Alt Achieve is the name That's of the right. book. But I love the YouTube channel too. It's, it's just, a, like I said, a treasure trove of uh, webinars and, you know, tips and tricks, um, you know, instructional stuff. But you are so creative. It's not dry. It's not... Uh, you know, boring droning of, of some technological stuff. It's, it's really engaging, Eric. I really just so appreciate that. Um, so tell us the plight of how education has, has had to take a pivot at the end of the school year last year from about March 15th on to now even schools that are um, contemplating delaying their starts, uh, starting online only, uh, wearing masks. You know, what are you guys even locally here doing with education trying to figure out the best way to, to move forward right it, and it is it is a quite a change so um, from my point of view from where I'm at since I'm at the county office I, I don't work with a you know one specific district so you know I you know every district is sort of you know cer certainly free to do their own thing I'm in more of a support role to help them to support them to 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 give them options and so the role that I you know have really I had to decide how do I do this you know how do I support 35 school districts when they're going through all this you know the, these changes and trying to figure out how to do online teaching and so forth and so what I've been doing is you know, say creating videos, making loads and loads and loads of help videos on how to use Google Classroom, Google Meet, Screencastify, things like that, and uh, put together an online course that the schools could go through so that the teachers could learn more about remote teaching and now ramping up for the fall, same sort of thing. Um, I also have been serving on the committee as far as e-learning goes to look through uh, lots of different um, you know, nationally recognized e learning curriculums to say if you need this too you know if there's a population of students that just aren't going to come back to school and they need online courses and so been helping to narrow that down and provide those resources for our school to say here's best pricing to purchase these different e-learning courses um, so that's been that's been my focus is trying to help keep the continuity of education as unbroken as possible to right. try to say how can you keep being you as a team and keep reaching students can't see them face right. how can you take video conferencing tools how can you take lms's how can you take you know um screen recording tools and still be able to share the awesome things you're doing with your students and what i'm hoping there's a couple of things. One is that we, you know, make this as valuable of a time as possible that, you know, sure, it may not, there's going to be bumps, there's going to be difficulties, it's not going to be perfect. I mean, I had a teacher telling me they were just really worried they weren't going to get through all the content they needed to. And, and I was like, well, okay, well, first of all, we're all, in the, we're all on the same page. Nobody's falling behind anybody. But don't forget, ultimately, you don't teach math, you teach students, you know, yes. and that it's about connecting with the kids and, you know, and, and helping and encouraging them uh, through that. That's, that's such an important thing. But what I'm hoping is that when we return to whatever new normal is, that folks will bring with them things they learned from this. And that includes the technology tools we've been looking at. Even if we meet face-to-face -face every day eventually, how can we use these tools to make education better now? Yes, how can I have 
office hours in the evening through Google Meet or Zoom. Yep. Hey, that worked really well. Maybe I'll just do that now, even though we're face-to-face. -face, the kids can connect with me from, from six to seven at night if they need to. I'll be available right. online. Or how can I use Screencastify to record some of my instructions so that those who need to hear it a second time do so? Or you know, how can I use an LMS to engage with the students in between the times that we're together? And so I'm optimistic that we're gonna take the things we've learned from this and continue to improve education, not just be like, oh, thank goodness we got through that. Now let's just yeah, get back sure. to normal. You know? <laughs> no, so we, do, we don't <laughs> wanna go back. We wanna be the best that we right. can. And yeah, so right. that's well said. I appreciate you sharing that. Are you, are you concerned at all that our students can't keep up or that the students are, you know, I, I hate to say, uh, between teachers or students, which ones are you most concerned about? But can, are our students prepared to handle some of this? Yeah, I mean, certainly there's, we need to have, uh, we need to have some grace <laughs> during this time with everybody. Um, I think that's important that our teachers are sensitive to the fact that their students are coming from very different yeah. backgrounds and homes, yeah. um, different um, socioeconomic backgrounds. Some of them have one computer that they are sharing between yep. the family and yep. mom or dad are on it because they're working from home too. Yeah. Or spotty internet connection or the child's at home by themselves right. because mom or dad are in working versus the child who's got mom and dad beside them all day and stuff. That's always been an issue, but it's more pronounced than ever. Where I worry, it's not about the tech buttons, what do you click? Can the kids keep up with the technology? It's about the support that at home and realizing mm -hmm. that not every one of your students is getting the same support, not by any fault of the parent. It's just be, that's just the reality of the situation there. And we talk about this before this happened in the example of like homework. People would, and I would many times rail against homework saying, don't be sending home so much homework because once the child leaves, inequity can enter because mm. now you don't know, are they getting a parent sitting down with them, helping them step by step, yeah. or are they completely on their own trying to figure this out and they didn't understand it, so they're doing it wrong? Mm. Um, do they have access to good internet? Can they look these things up? This is more critical now ever that we are sensitive to our students and the different environments that they are trying to learn in. Oh, um, and yeah. you know, extending grace in that. Absolutely. You know, that's, that might be a nice segue into the second part of what I wanted to talk to you about today, because, you know, you're a good friend. We've been through a lot together. I, um, you know, we've in some ways kind of grown into middle age together. Uh, but I can certainly testify that, that what you just heard there, folks, was a depth of, of care. And uh, really, if, if I might say a, a a pastoral approach to what you're doing and in that you are caring for students, you're caring for these teachers. Uh, and that, that comes from a place of great maturity and depth. We'll be right back with more of my conversation with Eric Kurtz after this short break. You have a, a separate personal blog that you maintain as well. It's called Eric the Rad, uh, kind of a funny name, but it is Eric the Rad. Um, and it, it's a, tell us about the impetus behind that. And so just, um, I think you shared that you, you felt a need to share kind of what's behind the curtain as well as not just all the, the nerdy technical details of using the Google app suite or whatever, but there's a personal side yeah. to your ministry or your, your encouragement of others. 
Absolutely. So yeah, you know, for years I've had my, my, my tech blog and I've shared all that stuff and it's, you know, done well and that's fantastic and I love that. But, you know, none of us are one-dimensional. I mean, we, there's more to us than just that. But that's how most people knew me was, was through that. And sure, my personality might, you know, come through that and bits and pieces here and there. But, um, I mean, I, I remember wanting to share things that were a little bit more personal. Uh, things about emotional well-being. Things about mental health. Things about anxiety, depression things about um, overcoming uh, difficulties in life, healing from pain, um, all of those sort of mindfulness sort of things, stuff like that. And I, I remember, you know, being at a, at a conference and getting ready to do a presentation and somebody coming up and being like, hey, so nice to meet you. And they were a presenter as well and just getting started out. And I made some comment about being nervous, you know, for my presentation. And they're like, what? You get nervous? And we had this conversation and they were like, yeah. I feel so much better knowing that you get nerves too. They go, I'm wow. always scared. I go, absolutely. And I thought, you know what? I need to let people know this. That helped this person. This, when I just was vulnerable and just honest and admitted that I was nervous about the, the presentation I was about to do, it connected with them and they realized, oh my gosh, He's just like me and he yep. struggles with this stuff too. And it created encouragement for yes. this person. And I thought, I need to do that. Now, it's a little scary because mm -hmm. it means being vulnerable. It means putting yourself out there because when you start saying these things, there's always the chance somebody could look at you and say, oh my gosh, he's a weak person. He's a mm -hmm. flawed person. He has, he has issues. But I decided to roll the dice and say, I'm going to bet we all do. I'm yep. going to bet we all <laughs> yeah. have these things. And I'm just going to try to be brave, talk about them. And so I started the Eric the Rad blog two years ago and um, uh, post every now and then. It's not something I have on a consistent schedule. It's as I work through things in my life, when it comes to fruition, when I have went, wow, that is something that I have really been working on and I have a new perspective on it now. I now feel ready to birth it and share that mm. through that blog. And so anything on there, it's not something that just sounded like a cool thing to write about. And it's also not something that I got all figured out. It's that this is right. my life. <laughs> These are the things I'm going through. And so I've you know, tried to share lots of encouraging things there from things as simple as I've got a post on there about um, using your passwords for positive self-talk. I mean, we have, to, yeah. we have to type in our password every day, how many times you lock the computer, you walk way you come back up to unlock it and we're encouraged to use passphrases rather than passwords anyway i said why not make the passphrase be something that is positive self-talk <laughs> so i've been doing that for years now um, yeah. we have to change our password every three months for work and so i pick a phrase that is something i know i'm dealing with in my life that is going to be something that for the next 90 days i'm going to remind myself several times a day of this thing that i need to hear that is going to encourage me or help me work through something and it's different every three months you know what's something I'm working on right now and I really think through it and I come up with a passphrase that represents that and then I'm you know two months from now I'm sending a message to the future me because there may be a day that future Eric needs to hear that there may wow. be a morning when he is having a rough time things have not gone well and I go to log into the computer and boom there I am giving myself that positive that's so brilliant. it's things as yeah. simple as that that we can do and of course you know that's just one example but uh, those are the sort of things I, I talk about on 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 the blog 
our uh, mental health, emotional health, well-being, dealing with loss and pain. And I always throw some kind of a little nerdy twist into it. So yes. it's 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 always there's a there's a there's something in there where I've connected it to something in science or a video game or computers and say it's kind of like a parable, you know, basically yes. taking that and then twisting yes. it and saying, and here's how this can apply to our lives. Well, here I've got the classic example that I want to direct people to. This would be the great primer into meeting Eric Kurtz. The most recent uh, YouTube video that you made, it was right around your birthday, and you and I are kind of at a point of milestone birthdays. Uh, maybe each one of them should be a milestone, but this one was particularly uh, special for you in, in the reflection. Tell us a little bit about uh, your play on this uh, probability that we shouldn't be here. That, that was your title for this YouTube yes. video. Well, I was a math teacher, so you know, uh, I have always loved you know, numbers and probability and statistics and things like that, um, and I had come across some uh, uh, research done by um, a, uh, an author who was trying to answer the question, what is the probability that you exist? And you know, it's not gonna be perfect, you're not gonna get an exact thing, but he really gave a good shot at it. And so he was looking at things like from a scientific point of view, like, you know, how many eggs does your mother have? How many sperm does your father have? You know, what's the chance that that right sperm and right egg <laughs> got together during these years? And then he, you know, and then that, not just you, but what about your parents? You know, what was the probability that, you know, for them as well? How did your dad, your mom come to be? Um, so just like, for example, um, if you just wanted to do the one thing, just you, just what's the chance of, you know, the sperm and egg coming together for you? That was one in 400 quadrillion. Um, <laughs> and then you start working that back through all the generations and you throw in all the other statistics. And what he wound up with was a number that we can't wrap our brain around. It's not something that, you know, it's just so big, it's, it's not possible. Yeah. But it was one in 10 to the 2,685,000th <laughs> power, which is, you know, just we came, the way, the closest thing we could kind of understand was the um, number of atoms in the entire universe is 10 to the 80th power. Oh, this is gosh. 10 to the 2,685,000 power. So it is so many orders of magnitude beyond that. Basically what he was saying was the fact that you exist mathematically is so close to zero, it might as well be zero. In essence, you should not be here. You wow. should not be alive. And so I, I took that and just really dug into it and said, what does that mean to me? And when I thought about it, I thought, well, okay, the fact that I am here, what does that mean? You know, yeah. I'm not supposed to be here, but here I am. And it could be our first reaction may be like, well, then that means I'm special. I'm extra special. I'm, you know, and I, yeah, we're all special for very many reasons. But I go, you know, I don't think that's the moral of this message. Because when you think about probability, and I do this whole thing about, you know, calculating probability, um, it's like rolling, you know, Yahtzee, you know, and, and doing, you know, f you know, five of the same dice. It feels <laughs> like this amazing thing. It's a one in what seven thousand seven hundred and seventy-six chance that you roll, you know, five sixes or whatever. But that's the exact same ch chance if you roll two, five, four, three, one. You know, yeah, right. The fact is, as long as the dice are rolled, something will come up. As long as your parents had children and their parents had children and their parents had children there as long as we had children somebody would have been here 
Yeah. So even though the odds that I'm here are, are unfathomable, the fact that somebody was here makes sense. And I said, it's kind of like the universe rolled a trillion dice and you are what came up. And so what that means to me isn't the fact that am I special or not? It's not that. It's that I'm fortunate. I'm the one who got to be. Mm. I'm the one that the dice came up with. I'm the one who out of the billions of years of this universe for this 80, 90, 100 years that I get to be here, I'm the one who gets to live it. Yes. You know, I, it's like the ultimate prize, you know, like the best, you know, Willy Wonka golden, you know, ticket. <laughs> I get to live life mm. and it's easy to lose track of that. It's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to, and, it, and, 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 and I get it, you know, life is hard for so many reasons and I'm not saying brush it off. Yeah. Cry the tears, work through it, feel, feel the grief, feel the loss, do those things, but don't lose track of the fact that we get what infinitely um, an infinite amount of other you know lives never got to get mm. we get a chance at life and i get to live i get to see the birds outside my window at my bird feeders you know mm -hmm. I, I i get to you know go out and go for a walk or i get to learn new things i get to connect with people i get to love and maybe lose but love again i get to you know, laugh and explore. And, and, and I need to remind myself of that. I need to pause every now and then and don't lose track of how fortunate I am just to be alive, to not get so caught up in trying to win, you know, the game of life and realize I, I already have just by yeah. play and being intentional about that, taking yeah. time and being mindful and appreciating that whatever that means for you. And for me, a lot of times it's walking and hiking and just soaking in you know, nature, you know, but doing that, pausing and just cherishing how fortunate I am. And that makes every day so much more. I don't want to yes. waste them. I don't want to waste them. And problems that seem big become a little smaller and the small things in life. Absolutely. Meaningful. Absolutely. And uh, I, 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 I love the band Sleeping at Last, uh, mm. one of my absolute favorite bands in the world. And they've got the song Saturn that has the line, with shortness of breath, I'll explain the infinite, how rare and beautiful it truly is. And I just love, love, love that I embrace it, how, Absolutely. and using that to help us. You bet. So, and that, yeah. that foundation of gratitude and, uh, and reflection is very, very powerful, Eric. Thank you. And I can tell uh, that you... You know, you use that as fuel for loving people and inspiring them, coming alongside people and, and ultimately enabling them to hopefully be more effective and, and more uh, fulfilled by their work as teachers and uh, educators. Um, but thank you for that. There's a great depth in, in what you're doing. It's not just uh, the nerdy tech side. It's, it's some, some very powerful concepts there that, that you're using. You know, um, as we kind of close our time here together, I want you, I got, I got two questions that kind of come to my mind. One is, um, you know, for those folks who are really struggling with the transitions uh, that, that this virus and the pandemic and stay at home and, you know, masks or not masks and mandates and, you know, these things, 
the folks are really struggling, what, what would you give them as just a, a little bit of advice from, you know, a guy who is living in the middle of it and his livelihood is affected by it? What, what words of encouragement would you give to somebody who's really struggling right now with just the stress and the anxiety of, of this pivot in this time that we're living in? Yeah, I mean, there, there's certainly some things that have helped me. I, I don't know that they are the answer, but I mean, you know, some of it is some, you know, practical things, which is being willing to pivot, like you said. Um, I've gone from doing face-to-face trainings to doing virtual trainings, yep. and it's not the same, but it's good, and we're still reaching people, and sometimes I go, hmm, maybe there's something to this in the future. Maybe I don't have to get on an airplane and fly somewhere else. Maybe I can do more of this and have a higher quality of life, yeah. you know, than a, a layover in in some airport somewhere. So being willing to realize things don't always, things aren't always going to stay the same. We have to be willing to let go, but I get that's hard. I get, especially with educators, we like to do things a certain way. I've always done it this way. This is how I've done it. And so being willing to let go and try new things and realize we may not be perfect at it is okay. So from maybe a professional point, that's one thing. Uh, but from more of a personal thing, um, I think it's important to find things that help sustain you. Self-care is really important during this time, and that's going to be different for everybody as to what it is for you. Um, but what I liken it to, I even have a post about it on the Eric the Rad site, is about a, a broken bone. If you break your leg, it will heal. People say, oh, mm-hmm. time heals all wounds, you know. Well, okay, time heals things, but it doesn't mean it heals them right. If I break my leg and just give it two months, it'll heal, but it may be healed at a 30 degree angle. Okay. Hmm. We put a cast on it because while it's healing, we need to keep it straight. We need things to, to support us during the healing time. And that's the same thing I would say now that's the self care. That's, that's while we're hurting, while we're going through all this, we need to intentionally surround ourselves by things that are healthy and positive. And it's different for different people. It might be connecting with a friend. It might be reading books. It might be jogging. It might be hiking. It might be music. It might be a new hobby. But we, if we do nothing, it is easy to spiral into anxiety, depression, and things like that. That's where the cast comes in. It's something outside of us. It's not us. It's something we surround ourselves with so that when we come out on the other end, we come out mm. we come out healed properly. But we have to support ourselves with those things. It's easy to fall into bad habits. It's easy yeah. to fall into, I'm just going to you know, let Netflix bring on the next thing in my binge marathon, which I get, there's nothing wrong with that, but it can become unhealthy. And we need to make sure we are for ourselves figuring out what is healthy for me. My guess is it's probably human connection. It's probably uh, enjoying nature. It's probably physical activity to help your body. It's probably things to inspire your mind. It could be podcasts, it could be whatever. But I would say make sure you include that self-care as a cast to help mm, heal. Absolutely. Well said, my friend. Hey, one last question. It's going to kind of come out of left field, but I always, I, I often ask a lot of my guests, give us some quick life advice that you would give your 20 year old self. Think back to a young Eric at, uh, in the days sure. of college. Uh, what would you tell that young man right now? Well, it's something that's been a big lesson for me. And it's a hard one, um, but it's written on a post-it note stuck on my mirror upstairs every morning when I get up 
uh, go to the bathroom, get ready in the morning. It's looking at me on my mirror. And actually, I have a second one, same poster note, right on my monitor right here. Proof that I'm not lying. It's right there. It says the exact same thing. Two words. It says, love yourself. Mm. Now, that was a hard thing for me because that sounds like selfishness to me. Oh, love yourself. That's selfishness. You can't do that. You have to love others and you have to, you know, always put others first and love yourself. Oh, put yourself way down on the list. And my 20-year-old, my 20-year-old Eric was deep into that. And so was my 30-year-old Eric and probably my 40-year-old Eric. It's something that I've come a long way on realizing, no, the only way I can truly love others is out of the overflow of my own love, not mm. out of lack of my mm. And I need to love myself, to forgive myself. I need to give myself a break. I need to care for myself. I need to do things that encourage and support me. And that's not that's not that. I'm that, that there's a big there's a big continuum. I'm no nowhere near the end of that. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to move from flogging myself as a martyr towards you know <laughs> treating myself with love and respect. Yes. Because then you make better choices and then you love out of sincerity and you love out of the overflow. And so I wish I could tell that 20-year-old, hey, love yourself. That's okay. Put mm-hmm. your oxygen mask on first. Take care of yourself, and then you can love others better. Oh, there is a great depth in that, my friend. Thank you so much. And uh, again, I love you. All the best to you, friend. Absolutely. Keep working hard. And uh, thank you again for, for sharing your wisdom and some of your work with the Encouragers United podcast. My pleasure. Next week, I get the chance to reconnect with two former colleagues from my days in college athletics, Eric Heyman and Joel Penner. These men now serve as head football coaches at Olivet Nazarene and Dort Universities. They're producing a brand of football that seeks to be counter-cultural, motivating and educating young men with love and discipline to be the best that they can be in athletics, education, and life you won't want to miss this inspiring conversation. Thanks for listening. The Encouragers United podcast is only a part of the ministry I'm developing with high-energy, positive-minded encouragers like you. We have several other resources for you. I would love for you to join our Facebook group, Encouragers United, for discussion, idea sharing, and testimonies. I also host a Facebook Live each week. It's called Tuesday Tea with Charlie G. We spend just 15 minutes together over a cup of tea or coffee. I'll share some laughs, thoughts to hopefully inspire you, and perhaps some teaching and resources you can use to make your life better. I also host a web blog with helpful written information, resource links, and an occasional video. Feel free to check that out at charlesrgrimes.com. Please subscribe, like, and share my work with those that you feel could benefit. I want you to grow and mature in your encouragement gifts. Join the community. We're in this thing together.